Welcome, Willow Park Church. It's such an honor that you are here with us today, and we're so, we're so happy and, and excited that we can celebrate and worship God today with you. I just want to take a moment as we all are thinking and all we've been thinking about a lot this week is what's happening to the south of us in America and, and, and the pain that we're seeing, the destruction that we're seeing, the, the inability it seems to come to a peaceful place. And it breaks so many of our hearts. And as we start off this service, we're kind of, kind of start off in a place that is perhaps a bit more serious. But we want to stop and we want to pray and we want to think about, God, we need you right now. I'm going to read a psalm here, 91, and, and, and we'll talk about it in a second. It says here, Psalm 91 says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress in my God in whom I trust. You know, people are looking for a refuge right now. There was this, a protest going on, and I believe it was in New York, and, and someone opened their house, and 80 people, 80 strangers came pouring into, their, into this man's house. And they stayed the night. They sheltered in place to stay safe. Eighty strangers didn't know who each other were. They all came in. This one person opened their house. This is what Jesus is doing. He is opening his house to us. He's opening his place to us. He's opening his heart to us right now. So we come as strangers and we come in and we are unified under his love and his peace and his glory. So as we think about people, and we pray for people, pray for peace. Pray for God's reign. Pray for his love. We're going to read a prayer right now about peace and then we're going to send it off for worship. The prayer for peace. Oh God, you have made, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your, into your fold Pour out your spirit upon all flesh and hasten the coming of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. God, we pray for your peace. Be with us today as we worship you. Let's sing together. From the book of Joel and the book of Acts. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I was I was breathing but not 
My name is Courtney. Thank you for joining the Live Lounge today. And here is your family news. Pursuit is live on Instagram every Sunday night at 7 p.m. This week, Pastor Joel will be talking to Sid Coop about how we can respond to the injustices we see in the world and how God is working in the midst of them. Follow at Pursuit Family on Instagram so you can be notified when we go live. We are so excited to announce that we have two awesome kids camps coming online this summer. Parents, be sure to save the dates of July 20th to 24th and August 17th to 21st. Registration opens this Friday. Pastor Phil has developed three online courses that will encourage your walk with God and help with some struggles you may be facing. Courses include Contemplating Your Way Through COVID-19, hearing God, and navigating worry. Visit our website to join one today. Join us after church today for a live Zoom prayer meeting with our pastors. We'll be praying together about the heartbreaking things we have been seeing happen in the United States. Everyone is encouraged to join us for this important time seeking God's peace in this situation. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Thank you. We are joined by Tina. I want to introduce everyone to our friend Tina here, and Tina's going to take it away and tell us about herself a little bit. Tina? Okay. Hi. I'm just so glad that I was able to do this. To me, I look at it as an opportunity just to share with the people in this church that I have been attending for over 10 years. can't even remember how long, but uh, I would just like to share how uh, it's been affecting me and just some thoughts that I have. Uh, just to give you all something that you can do to pray for the situation. Because I know a lot of people are at a loss. People don't know how to pray. Like, is this useless? Is this hopeless? But uh, I was born in Louisiana and raised in California. And it just has been breaking my heart to see what's going on in the United States. Tiddy, can you speak to some of the emotions that you're feeling at this time? 
when I, well, when I first heard about it, I felt an overwhelming sadness, but then I also felt an overwhelming, this is a reality. This is how my culture, this is how my ancestors and my relatives, I hope my relatives aren't mm. out there, but this is how they've been living for years and years and years. Being raised in California, I didn't see it as much as some of my relatives in the South saw it, but this uh, underlining subconscious prejudices and little things that you hear and see, even here in Kelowna, in Canada, that we all know about, um, it needs to be addressed. It needs to come mm. out. And once it comes out, I think then it can be dealt with more. Like people, I think they suppress it so much. Mm. They go, oh, it's not me, not me. And they kind of do these little, I don't know what you want to call it, little things to say, oh, I have a black mm. friend. You know, and it's mm. like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> mm. But it doesn't do anything. And even to protest, to me, what is that even unto? You're going to mm. protest and then what? But I really think, Jordan, that change will only happen in people's hearts. And yeah. it will only happen one person at a time. Yeah. Me changing, you changing, reverse prejudice. Mm. Me changing, you changing, yeah. everyone in Willow Park changing in their heart. Yeah. Then you'll see a difference. One of the things we talked about is how do you think you're going to see change in the U.S. in, in, in the society right now? And our society as well. But how does that you know, as a nation? You know, <laughs> I don't want to get spiritual, but mm. to me, the Please only do. way it's going to change is with a supernatural love. Mm. And the only people are going to love others is when they start to love themselves. Mm. If people don't care about themselves, then why do I even care about treating anybody else equally? Yeah. What, what for? I have a superiority complex. Mm. <laughs> I'm narcissist. Like, why in the world would I even think? So the only way to change that kind of thinking is people have got to get back to God. Mm. They've got to see the God of love because God is love. And that's the only way it's going to change. Yeah. Unselfish love. Choosing for the highest good of coworkers and students yeah. and moms and dads and friends and the authority. Yeah. Yeah. Having that respect. The authority. Having that respect and just unselfishly loving each other yeah. which is a god thing yeah. because it won't happen yeah. how did we get here what has brought us here you know the, the core of so much stuff is selfishness mm. selfishness is what brought me to my knees because i was a goody goody two shoes in a religious black church and when i was 18 years old, thinking, okay, now I'm going to go out into the world. I'm going, why am I even here on this planet? Mm -hmm. And I guess maybe even at 18, I saw a little bit of despair and unequality and, and everything else. And I'm thinking, okay, me, myself, as a black woman in California, what can I do? You know, the education, California education was not that good. You know, didn't even know how to do multiplication tables, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, Okay, what can I attribute? What can I do? What can I give? And that's when I realized God put me here for a reason. And God showed me the selfishness in my heart, not in anybody else, not in the hypocrites in my church. He showed me myself. 
And he helped me to realize that basic, simple scripture for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever loves, whoever, you know, comes to God, he will forgive them of their sins and change their life. And I go, that's me. That's me. Because I, you know, goody two shoes. I never did anything. Dancing, smoking, and run with people that did. Never did anything. But I go, I am a sinner, and my sin is selfishness. Mm. And once God showed me that, I'm going, I surrender. I give up because I can't. I'm tired of figuring out things, figuring out life, figuring out other people, pointing my finger. And God says, look at You put the mirror in front of your own face and look at who you are. You're a sinner that needs Jesus. Mm. And I go, in the U.S., I mean, forget the religion because religion won't change a thing. Mm. Forget the black talk because that has not and will not change a thing. I mean, the foundation of the U.S. is being broken down Mm. and destroyed inch by inch by inch. And the only way is... If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves like, hey, we are equal. To me, that's a humbling thing mm. to say I'm equal to you. Yeah, yeah. To me, that's very humbling. Yeah. I'd rather say, you know, you're a male and mm-hmm. I'm a female. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Not accepting myself. Mm-hmm. You're Caucasian and I'm black. Oh, there you go. That thinking. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? And yeah. it's like, okay, my whole persona. Here's all these white people. Y'all are all better than me, but I'm going to put on a good face and be a phony and not be real to survive. And that is not the way because that seed is planted and it's deep inside and it will come out in your life and in my life and in your life. It will come out. Just watch. We need to learn. We need to listen. I appreciate this. You know, as we pray and as we, what we do when we pray, I feel like we are aligning ourselves with the heart of Christ, with the heart of God. And, and as I pray, I, I'm tempted to pray action. But what I need to do is stop and pray God's heart for my heart. Yes. And we talk about this, totally. break my heart for what breaks yours. But yeah. we don't understand that fully. And I don't know if I ever will, but my prayer is that we will be broken for what breaks God's heart, and we will listen to you. How can we pray? You know, I think a lot of people, they don't know the truth. (laughs) They don't know the truth. I was talking to my three kids on Zoom just last night. My daughter's in Connecticut, which we thank God that she was able to move out of Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. And she's an hour and a half away. My two sons are in Vancouver, one son here. But we... At the end, I said, I'm going to pray for you guys. I'm going to pray for (laughs) y'all. I'm going to pray for you kids. When was the last time you heard mama pray? Anyway, I'm going to pray. And they were just, you know, young people do. They just talk, talk, talk. And they all stopped. And at the end of that prayer, I go, my daughter, she's going through the same thing. She says she never sensed it, Mm. never felt it in Kelowna. But I thought of her and I'm going, she's never had any non-white friends in Kelowna, whereas my two sons did. Mm -hmm. My two sons did. Even to this day, I I go to the airport, taxi, oh, yeah, I know your son. 
he went we went to Rutland High School together. Yeah. My daughter went to a private school all the way, you know. Yeah. But anyway, but she is dealing with the self-acceptance mm-hmm. because she doesn't see herself as what God created her, a very talented woman. She sees herself in comparison to others. In other words, I'm not equal. Yeah. Wow. I'm not equal. I'm not white enough and I'm not black enough. So we got to pray. And I'm going, yeah, this, it's a real, real thing. Inequality. Mm. Can you pray for us? Yes. I would Mm. love to pray. And just help you all know how to pray also. Father, I just lift up the Willow Park Church, the people in the Willow Park Church, and I just pray, God, that you would break through to the truth, break through with truth, that they would not just take things off the media, off the social media, off the uh, Facebook media, off the news medias, and they would say, God, show me what is true here. Show me what is really going on here. Show me what's really happening The enemy, you desire for us to know the tactics of the enemy. That's what you command us. You command us to know the tactics of the enemy, that we would be wise, harmless as serpents. Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. That's Mm. how it goes. Mm. And, Lord, I just pray that you would help us, that we would see not the outward appearance, not the color of our skins or our culture or anything, but we would look at each other as, as people that you've created. We are all your children. We are a ray of flowers. And because we are all different, it makes a beautiful, beautiful arrangement in the world that you've created. So I pray that you would just help us. Help us to love. Help us to love unselfishly. And it starts with love. And revive our hearts. That we would be an example. That we would stand up for truth. And that we would go out and love, unselfish love. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, thank you so much. When I think about this, I, I want this to be the beginning yeah. of a conversation, a beginning of a listening, a beginning of a dialogue, and not the end. Yeah. And all over, as Canadians, we are not exempt from this. We don't look down on our brothers and sisters or neighbors to the south. We are um, in this, yeah. and the enemy's working hard, oh. and we need to push against, we need to pray against, yes. and we need to love, yes. and we're equal, exactly. and God's made us equal. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Anyone Tina. Anyone wants to reach out to me, yeah. I would be happy to. Amen. Tina would love it. Yeah, I would love it. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank God you. bless. Yeah.
we recognize you as the one we worship the one we love and Lord we're going to enter this time of worship through taking communion to remember what you've done for us to remember the price you paid to remember the victory that we have now through you Jesus Lord, we want to worship you. Thank you, Father. I just invite you to go gather uh, your elements. And as you do that, I just have a, you know, a quick thought to share with you before we enter into communion. Last week, Phil talked about forgiveness. And in the scripture after 1 Corinthians... 11:23 it picks up in 28 and it says verse 28 says a man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself this feels like it should be something said right before we do communion right before you know what he says let's partake he calls us to examine ourselves to like look at our relationship with Christ. What does that mean? What does that look like? Is this like a DTR talk to find the relationship talk? No. This is you going to Christ saying, Lord, where am I at? Lord, have I forgiven? Because you've called, you've forgiven me. How can I hold unforgiveness in my heart as I partake of this? Remember what you've done for me. Lord, am I loving and caring for people like I should? How can I take the elements, remembering of that deep, passionate love that you have for us and the love that you paid for us? And so as we are about to partake together, I want to call us to have a time where we examine our heart, where we examine where we are. Where we're at in our relationship with Christ, where are those those places in our heart where we're maybe holding on to things that we shouldn't be holding on, that we need to let go and put at the feet of Jesus. So let's take a couple moments.
the Holy Spirit speak to you. And let him examine your heart and bring forth those unforgiveness, as Phil mentioned last week. Maybe that, what am I not, what am I doing in relationships that I shouldn't be doing? Lord, speak into that. And let the the Lord work on your heart. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's partake together. Lord, we want to come to you so you can examine our hearts. Lord, something we should do every moment before communion, but it's something we should do throughout our day. Lord, to let you come in to examine our heart, those spaces that we feel pain, that we feel bitterness, that we feel resentment. Lord, that where unforgiveness has set in and we need you to come and to unearth that and let us bring it to you. Lord, you call us to do likewise. To forgive others, to love others, to be kind, to be courteous. So we need for you to examine those spaces in our heart where we're not being that, Jesus. And we want to bring them to you. So we thank you for your blood and how it covers our sins. Lord, that we can come to you and bring these to you and you separate them from us. So we thank you for what you've done on the cross, Jesus. Amen.
You unravel me with a melody You surround me with a song Of deliverance from my enemies Till all my fears are gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God From my mother's womb You have chosen me Love has called my name I've been born again Into your family Your blood flows through my veins I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave Yes, I am the 
are no longer slaves to fear you know as we're walking right now we we're going through this time and and we have so much that we can excuse to be afraid of but that's what God's saying he's we are no longer slaves to that fear now we can walk in his freedom so let's take a moment let's just bow our heads and ready our hearts and let's pray pray for people that are mourning pray for people that are fearful pray for people that that need a touch from God so let's take a moment Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for these people. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the ability to meet online. I pray as we walk through the life that we're walking through, you would come in and meet us where we're at. You would meet us in our deepest, darkest fears. You would meet us in our deepest, darkest places where we need you. Father, there's people around right now that have nothing God, I just ask that you would minister to us, you would speak to us, you would give us our needs that we need. I just pray into people's finances right now. We just ask God in your name that you would provide. That you provide fantastically, in a beautiful way, knowing it's a miracle from you, Father. We just ask for miracles, we ask for your provision, we ask for your your love. And I pray that as we walk in this freedom of, of no more fear, that we can walk with our heads held high, our shoulders back, and saying, God, we love you, and we know that you'll provide for us. We know that, that we can walk with you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, we're going to take up this weekend's tithes and offerings right now. And if you want to kind of get ready to do this, we kind of do things a little bit differently, obviously. Now, we, we like to do things online at the Church Center app, or, the, or go to Willow Park Church giving.com wpcgiving.com and then we also you are still welcome to to give in person somewhat in person as you as you head to the office there's a drop box you can just put a check into the drop box and and we would we would we would take that there and then there's also automated sign up at will park wcp wpc that's the best one wpcgiving.com and set up automated automated debit thank you so much to everyone that has been giving it and 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 we know that that as we, give, um, as we give in obedience, God walks with us. So thank you for that. All right, we're going to head off to Courtney now and hear a story. Thanks, Pastor Jordan. Today we are talking about being pure in heart. Pastor Phil is going to talk about that beatitude next. So I have a story for you called The Pharisee and the Tax Collector. There were some very religious people who thought they were better than everyone else. So Jesus told them a story. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a religious leader, a Pharisee, and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up to pray. He looked straight up to heaven, and this is what he said. Thank you, God, that I am better than other people. Better than robbers, better than villains, better than those who cheat on their husbands and wives, and most definitely better than that tax collector. Everyone knows he's greedy and dishonest, but I keep every religious rule and give away a tenth of all I have. 
The tax collector stood up too. But he looked down, down at the ground. He beat his chest in sorrow and shame. And this is what he said. I've done lots of bad things. Please, God, forgive me. Jesus looked at the religious people. So which man did God listen to? He asked. Whose prayer did he answer? The second man, that's who. God forgave every bad thing the man had ever done. Remember, if you act as if you're better than other people, then God will put you in your place. But if you're honest about who you are and what you need, then God will put things right. All right, it is time for Pastor Phil to come. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you guys have a great week. Bye. Thank you, Courtney, for sharing that story. An ideal story for us to step in to this beatitude. But first of all, just a short word, because next weekend we're having a joint service with Metro. Uh, Many of you know that Pastor Joel has accepted a call to Metro community. He is generous, servant-hearted, comes with such joy and enthusiasm. We know that him and Melissa will be so used by the Lord in that community. And as we enter this time of um, transition, I know Joel's heart is to, to do that really well and, and to keep connected to the Willow Park family and to maintain that deep relationship and presence amongst us. It's amazing. And I've been on this journey and can see the hand of God just working and moving. So, More information to come. Keep praying, but know that we will look after our youth. God is in this, and we want to bless Metro as well, that they will really know just that, that gem of a ministry will keep growing and being blessed. Anyway, enough on that, because we're going to be talking and you're going to be hearing from Joel next weekend. But we, um, we do give thanks to the Lord for his leading and his guidance. 21 years as youth pastor in this church. What a thing to celebrate. Devotion and now sowing into the life of the most poor and marginal in our city is fantastic. Something you might not know, uh, Joel was the one who initiated the first outreaches with the youth into Kelowna and brought many of the, uh, the, the homeless to the services here at Willow Park Church. And out of that youth initiative, uh, really Metro was was first conceived and birthed. It's an amazing story and we're going to talk about it next week. And I want to say also I'm really grateful to Tina for sharing with us and bringing her heart and sharing about um, just from about what is taking place in uh, in the States and we're praying for God's blessing and power. So join us for the Zoom prayer meeting straight after this service. Okay, there we have it. Three minutes of a little reflection over. Let's jump into scripture. Let's jump into the next beatitude that um, I want to share with you. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Don't you, like me, want to see God?
I'd absolutely say that there are times in my life where I've seen God. I see God at work in my life now. Now to get to that conclusion, I'm going to have to take you through some thoughts about our heart, about purity, what purity means, what it means to have a pure heart, um, to be pure in heart, and what it means to see God. But what a joy it is to see God. What a joy it is to see Jesus face to face. Of course, the moment I say that, we think of, of death. We think of the moment we die and we, as it were, open our eyes and we're facing the glory of God, the kingdom of God and Jesus face to face. But I know that so many of you that are watching have seen God. It reminds me of a friend of mine. Her name's Carolyn. She's in her mid-80s. And for many years, she was not a Christian. She was, she was a hippie. She lived in California. She went out for dinners with Clint Eastwood. She did drugs with certain well-known rock stars who I can't mention. She she lived the high life of, of San Francisco and California. But her life was a mess. She didn't really understand anything about God and Jesus. Not really raised in the Christian faith. But one day she was in the bath. One afternoon. And an electric fan fell into the bath. And of course... At that moment, she thought she was going to die. And she cried out, Lord Jesus, save me. And at that moment, it was like two hands, she describes this, picked her up and placed her on the bathroom floor. Amazing. Today, she's a missionary in Tanzania and has been there for decades. And God has used her. But she describes the moment when she opened the front door of her, her house and stood there, having been saved at that divine moment, and she said the whole world looked completely different. Everything was bright. Everything was wonderful. Everything was suddenly amazing. She got new sight. She got 2020 vision, if you like. Hey, this is 2020. We all need 2020 vision right at the moment. We need to see what God is doing, what God is working. But she stood there. She said she saw the trees and the flowers and the world as a young woman. She saw God. I remember the moment I became a Christian. The feeling I describe is that for the first time in my life as a teenager, I felt clean, I felt forgiven, I felt different. It was like I saw God. Because at the point of conversion, there was a, a pure heart that Jesus did his work on the cross and suddenly something changed. But let's begin our journey to think about the pure heart right now. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You can't look at this uh, verse without thinking of this verse. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in the holy place? The one who has a clean hands and pure heart. Who may ascend the mountain and stand in the holy place? Who may enter 
an intimate, beautiful, deep moment. Relationship with God. The mount of the Lord, I see it as is that place in my inner life where the kingdom of God is within me, where I abide in him, he abides in me, where I know his presence in the holy of holies, that in the mountain that dwells somewhere within me, I go to that place and I am with God in intimate relationship. I'm in that holy place. That's what we all want. Because I've been made clean because of the forgiveness of Christ and the work of the cross. I can go into the holy of holies. In my prayer life, and almost feels like I see God. The one who has clean hands. Well, you know all about clean hands, don't we? I'm washing my hands every hour. I'm washing my hands after I go out. I'm washing my hands and saying the Lord's Prayer through and then I finish and dry off. I'm sanitizing my hands. Went out for dinner the other day and there went through a whole process of sanitizing before you go into the restaurant to have clean hands and then sanitizing as you leave. We know all about clean hands but a pure heart. That we have that intimacy and that closeness. This is important in Scripture. Let me explain this. The prophets declared this. We have the prophet Ezekiel declaring about the sprinkling of water. Declaring about cleansing from impurities. But how do we know that we are in the process of deep cleansing that God is taking us to his mountain? It's when we are willing to do this. And the answer is in this verse. It's when we are willing to pull down our idols. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I know that I become closer to Christ when I deal with my idol. And often our biggest idols are our egos, our opinions. Our idols are the things that we value above God, above Christ. And we are continually on the process of dealing with the idols within our lives, the hidden idols within our hearts, those things that we hold so high that they almost compete with our devotion to Christ. And we have to be willing to get rid of all the idols in our lives. And I remove them from your heart I remove you from a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. He wants to give us life. He wants to give us a heart of flesh. He wants to give us a pure heart. Jeremiah declared this about how we have a heart and how our heart can experience the law in our minds but written in our hearts. What do I mean by hearts? I mean not just our thinking ability, I mean our emotions, I mean our our focus, I mean our feelings, I mean all that you are, you are saying, I want God to be number one in my life. I want to focus on God. I want to have a clean heart and I want to have my mind, my feelings, my emotions, all that I am directed towards God. But the Pharisees, 
Jesus spoke about the danger that you are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside but on the inside are full of dead men's bones. Everything unclean. You know, Christians really struggle when they've got hidden secrets in their life and they're not letting the Lord clean them and deliver them. They're not letting the Lord deal with those metaphorical dead bodies hidden in our lives, those secrets. But it's talking as well about that the, you look good on the outside and you appear to people righteous, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. He says that you're, you're like cups, cups that look good on the outside, but inside there is rotten filth inside that cup. You look good, but actually inside you haven't dealt with the inside journey. And so the prophets declared a sprinkling, a purifying, a new heart, a heart of stone turned to flesh. And suddenly we hear the danger of being religious without letting Jesus transform the internal part of your life. So actually, the beatitude for a Pharisee would be, blessed are the outwardly clean, for they shall see God is their kind of motto. And this is wrong because God doesn't want us to look good outwardly clean. He is interested in the depth of our heart. Now, when we talk about this beatitude, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God, we often just think that it applies to sensuality, to fantasy, things linked to sexual relationships or the way we think. A lot of impurity, we, we just think about that area. Well, that may be a little bit of it, but it's not the whole message of a pure heart. That may be one of the biggest challenges we all have to deal with our, our thoughts and our impurity. But what a pure heart actually means is this. It means that you don't have mixed motives. It means that your devotion is for God. It means that it's like pure water that hasn't got any bitter herbs mixed into it or pure metal that, that is made unpure because it's mixed with other alloys and other metals, you see. See, what it's talking about is that you do not have mixed loyalties but your loyalty is completely to God. You do not have a double-minded approach to faith, but your focus is completely on him. You are single-minded about following God. You want to concentrate all your attention on him. And in your life, although we struggle and have battles, our heart is, I want to be utterly devoted to my God. That's what pure heart means. It means I am focused on God and on God alone. See, I want to have a pure heart towards my wife, Michelle. I love Michelle. We've been married, oh, 21, 
22, no, 20, how many years? She's usually on the front row and now shouts at me. But we've been married, what, 23 years. Oh, although I, at that moment, couldn't remember exactly the amount of years, had that little moment. But, boy, have I enjoyed it so much. And my journey has been, as a husband, to be utterly devoted to her. My journey is to focus on her. My journey has not to be double-minded, thinking what if or what about that. My journey is one of love, one of commitment, one of concentration. I seek as a man married to my bride to have a pure heart, a devoted heart, and not a mixed heart. You understand what I'm saying? That's the same with God. That I'm not going to have mixed loyalties or mixed water or mixed metals. It's going to be pure gold. It's going to be pure silver. And I set my life to be purely devoted to God in my heart. That's what it means. And when I am single-minded about God, I will see God is what it's saying. When I am willing to do, go on that journey. James says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands. A lot of washing hands going on in all of this. I hope you've noticed. And your sins and purify your hearts, you double-minded. This, James beautifully always captures the heart of the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And what does he say here? He says, your sins and purify your heart, you double-minded. Don't be double-minded, but purify your heart and come near to God. He captures it of what's being communicated here. I want to purify my heart. I want to not be double-minded. Let me paraphrase this. Well, Martin... Lloyd-Jones, blessed are those who are pure. We may pure through the cross, but we're also on a journey. I'll get to that in a moment. Not only on the surface, but in the center of their being and at the source of every activity. Fantastic. Is that I am not a surface person devoted to God, but the center of who I am is devoted to God and he's the source of everything within my life. So let's dive deeper, going deeper into our hearts. Jesus said it's not what's outside that pollutes us and makes us unholy. It's what is inside. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes you unclean. For from within, out of a man's heart, come evil thoughts. And of course, in Mark, it goes on to say, it's from what's inside of a man that comes out, that comes murder, that comes adultery, that comes malice, that comes lying, that comes stealing, that comes bitterness, that comes anger. See what I'm saying there? that we've got to attend to the purity of our heart to go deeper with Christ. 
And we've got to be strong enough to look at who we are and say, yes, I am willing to be focused on the Lord. So, how do we do this? We're on a mission. We're on a mission for ongoing personal renewal. We are saved by the work of the cross and the blood of Jesus to set us free. We are being saved as we're being sanctified and our hearts become pure and we are continually on that journey of allowing God to change our character through the things that I teach, through specific confession, through asking the Lord to deliver us of areas of our character where there are strongholds, through forgiving every person that has hurt us, through listening to God's word and gaining that insight, through memorizing and meditating on scripture, through developing a dynamic devotional life. In that mission, I am working towards purifying my heart and thinking in a different way and renewing my mind. And as I do those things, I am walking up the mount of the Lord. I am standing in the holy place because I've got a clean hands and a pure heart. But I've got to do that journey. I've got to develop that deep spiritual intimacy with God within my life and that prayer life and that devotion that brings a change. So I teach all these things. So the final question is then, which is where I need to land, is how do you see God now? How do you see God now? Now, first of all, like I told the story at Carolyn at the beginning, we see God at work in our lives. We see God when we're reading the Bible and a scripture speaks to us and suddenly we have that beautiful moment. We see God as God takes away our anger and brings peace. We see God at work in our lives. I am privileged because I see God in lives all the time. I see God setting men free, setting them free from addiction. I see God setting people free from anger. I see God reuniting marriages when they seem broken and impossible to reunite. I see God. Why? Because they see God in their journey. I see God in my own life where God challenges me about a heart issue or an attitude and I am willing to change. I see God in me, number one. Number two, I see God in creation. Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord is over the waters and the God of glory thunders and the Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. When I stand by our lake early in the morning and see the stillness of the lake and the beauty of our mountains, I see God. I sense God. 
That Sunday morning, I went for a walk uh, before the service up on top of uh, Black Mountain. And as I stood there, a massive eagle flew over me. It was beautiful. I saw God there. I just sensed his presence. With the mist and the rain of last week, God was there. We see God in the beauty of the world that we live in. We see God at work. We also see God in difficult times. Job at chapter 42, after the great epic of the poetry and the force of Job's story, and we see what he goes through and what he faces, at the end of it he says, My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. When we go through challenging, painful, difficult circumstances, whatever they may be, if you've got a pure heart in the middle of that relational problem, in the middle of that business problem, in the middle of that breakdown, in the middle of that illness, in the middle of that depression, is it possible that you can see God? You come out. I'd heard about God, but through the difficult pain, I now see God. My answer is yes. My dear friends, you see God in your life. You see God in the world, creation. And you can even see God through the most difficult and challenging times. And in this pandemic, we can see even God at work. We can see God moving. And this is where I want to finish. When I have a pure heart and a person wounds me or hurts me, rather than responding in anger, I can see God in that person despite the situation. Because when I've got a pure heart, I look at other people and other relationships and difficulties and hurt But when I've got a pure heart, I see the image of God in that person. And rather than me responding in retaliation, in in anger, responding in, in bitterness, I've got a pure heart. So I look at that other person and I look for God at work in that person. That God is there in the image. So when I'm walking a road of intimacy, pure pure heart, when I'm walking a road of spiritual journey up the mountain of the Lord, I see God in so many different places. And the challenge is, in your life, do we see God? Do we see God in those circumstances and in those problems? And as we go to the Zoom to pray for America, we see everything that is taking place. Friends, the message I'm hearing from those that are speaking up is that they're trying, even in the pain and the grief and the agony, they're trying to see God. They're trying to see what's going on. 
There are, there are great people, pastors that are talking and leaders on the streets, people kneeling down, arm in arm, banners that say the most beautiful things. And they're approaching the pain with a pure heart because they want to see what God's going to bring from this great pain. And so we want to pray into that and we want to see what God is doing. And we just want to be part, we can't be part of it as such, but what we can be in our prayers, we can bless and pray for all those in that story, all in that journey at this time. So join us. Thanks for listening. Be blessed. See God in yourself, in nature and in problems. Look for God and his hand even in people that have hurt us because of the pure heart that we carry in our lives. Thank you so much, Pastor Phil. What a, that's a fantastic way to look at things. It's just this idea of the pure in heart and how we take our pure hearts and put that onto other people. Maybe as we pray for people, we can now see people in the image of God. We've got to pray that we can see people the way Christ sees people. I want to see that. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of what Christ sees in everybody. I want to be a part of what Christ sees in me. So thank you so much for that sermon. And as we go now into our Zoom meeting, our network-wide Zoom meeting to, to pray for what's happening, let's pray. Let's pray for, our, for those people that are persecuted. Pray for those people that are hurting. Pray for those people that are in mourning. And ask God that we can see what He sees. We often say, break our heart for what breaks yours, but we, God, we ask. We ask right now that you will break our heart for what breaks yours. So let's head over and pray together. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. Amen.